Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. So this is the last day of the first month of 2021. There was a great sigh of relief heard round the world on January 20th, just 11 days ago. Someone described it as feeling as though a smothering weight had fallen away. As we know from what happened on January 6th, not all our compatriots felt this way. And Democracy will no doubt face further assaults. But what has re-emerged? And what has already been guiding new legislation? is the affirmation of a moral center. A moral center that's based on the belief that we, the people, have the idealism, the vision, and the courage to bring about a just and equitable society that we can and must respond to the climate crisis and its related pandemic with determination intelligence and faith because that moral center springs from faith and reveals the power of prayer Now, what do I mean by prayer? I'm not talking about petitionary prayer, which focuses on a particular desired outcome. Such prayer is limited. 
It's based on what we think should happen, what we want. The idea that we know what is best. Do you know what is best? Probably you do. Some of you are old enough to remember Janis Joplin singing. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Hmm? Anne is finishing the song, but we can't hear her. But really, it's when, when we no longer know anything about prayer, about spiritual progress, that prayer is possible. When we can say and mean it, thy will, not mine. So we sit down and allow everything that has been swirling through the mind to slow down. Exhaling long. Just Just We may notice disturbing thoughts and emotions arising. What then? Do we push them back down, seeing them as negative interference? Or do we listen? I don't have to tell you, this past year has been a fraught time in so many ways. Indeed, a time of communal traumatic stress. Many people have told me they find themselves dwelling on the outrages, the injustices, the insidious threats, and feel that they're caught up 
in an unhealthy state of reactivity. And spiritual practice itself may feel distant. We may feel as though we've forgotten how to sit, how to trust, how to pray. And yet, this is exactly where an opening is possible. An opening to something new, a rebirth. Can we acknowledge the emotions that come up with compassion? Can we give ourselves a break? You know, in this remarkable practice we call Zen, no shoulds apply. There's no blame. It's okay. It's okay to feel this way. However, this may be. In fact, it's necessary. But no abiding there. Indeed, there's no there there. When the heart cracks open, when we allow and listen with no judgment, we find that nothing has any unchanging substance. And we can attend. Be an attendant to our feelings with tenderness, without according them some permanent reality they do not have. without taking on an identity we do not have. We can feel sad without being sad. 
as Lori Anderson's Tibetan teacher told her after her, her dog died. For all of us, tears may come. Let them come and let them fall away. No need to bottle them, either in the heart or in a glass vial. What we learn in our sitting is the process of being present to change and to letting go. Letting go of self-limiting ideas. Letting go of desired outcomes. Letting go of perceptions and assumptions. Expectations, storylines, letting go of all the dualistic formulations that keep us in the continual round of suffering. Samsara. The very nature of breath is letting go, right? Who here is holding the same breath you inhaled when we first began? Just exhaling, inhaling again and exhaling. The breath does not get stuck. And this is how we cultivate the mind that abides nowhere. We return to one, trusting in the fundamental unity, the mystery of this interconnected universe. And we find a deepening of faith in what we might call the unmoving source of wisdom, even as circumstances continue changing.
the Eno recites in the dedication, Buddha nature pervades the whole universe. Revealing right here now. What is prayer but giving over to this? Pervading and revealing in this very person, seeing and listening on Zoom. with no hindrance in the mind, no hindrance, therefore no fear. The seeming separation of self and other subject and object, inside and outside, sacred and secular, disappears. Letting go of knowing what happens. Then just pure aspiration. Then what fills the heart is gratitude. What fills the heart is love. From this love, we invoke Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva, not as some deity out there, but from our own hearts, our own hearing the cries within and around ourselves. Chanting, Kanzeon, Nen Kanzeon, and the appropriate response, the activity comes naturally. It's not a product of cogitation, but of intimacy. And from this love comes unification with Jizo Bodhisattva, who willingly goes into hell to be with those who are suffering. Ongaka kabisamai soaka. There are hell realms all around us. 
we too are called to offer our compassion, to be with, to be one with. And from this love comes the prayer of Metta Sutta. May I and all beings be free from enmity and danger, from mental and physical suffering. May all beings be happy. May it be so. As we have seen, Martin Luther King Jr.'s entire being was devoted to this. Prayer and love and aspiration were inseparable. And in Judaism, Prayer is nothing but loving praise for that which cannot be named. The creative source of life. And for indigenous peoples, prayer is gratitude for all that sustains us, all that challenges us, all that reminds us. Now our minds are one. So each of you may put your prayer in a different way. For me, my prayer has been spoken internally this way. May I be a vessel of Dharma. And President Biden's prayer that was so uplifting and inspiring that pervaded his inaugural address clearly came from his faith and love for his country for our democratic ideals, for all of us. He spoke from strong motivation 
as a practitioner of liberal Catholicism, not hidebound or doctrinaire, but based on the teachings of love for one's neighbor and the understanding that our neighborhood is vast and wide and excludes no one. You may recall if you were paying attention to what was going on that day, that in the morning, <clears throat> he and a group of family and friends and congressional leaders had gathered for mass at the Cathedral of St. Matthew the Apostle, where Pope Francis spoke in 2015, and where the funeral for John F. Kennedy, our first Roman Catholic president, was held 58 years ago. The homily was given by Jesuit priest Kevin O'Brien. He's the president of Santa Clara University. And he said, when we embrace both our noble commission and divine promise, something remarkable happens. In the words of the prophet Isaiah, which we heard, the light shall break forth like the dawn. After too much darkness, the dawn breaks today, this inaugural day. Let us meet the dawn together, brothers and sisters, emboldened by, emboldened, by our faith and civic conviction, full of promise and hope. Yesterday, I read about Sarah Al-Zubi, a Jordanian immigrant and a second year medical student at Harvard. She said, the return to my sajada prayer mat five times a day brings me serenity. When my forehead kisses the ground, I am centered. In a world of ambiguity, in a world of pain, and in a world of COVID-19, my prayers are my certainty. And she continued, there is a responsibility on me 
as a community member to live in a way that promotes justice and peace. There is a responsibility on me to care for the well being of my community. As I make my journey to the hospital every day, I carry these tenets with me. And when my forehead kisses the ground, I think of these tenets. So I return to my sajada again and again. And then she said, one of my most memorable patients was always up when we rounded in the morning. At sunrise, she sat up and meditated her form of prayer. It was her moment to recenter. Although we might not be of the same faith, we return to the same place, prayer, to find peace and solitude during a turbulent time. So here we are in our separate places, returning to the same place during this turbulent time. We too bow down. We too let our foreheads kiss the ground. And with palms overflowing with gratitude, we surrender to the earth and renew our endless vow. So in this spirit of endlessness, I'd like to see if we can recite together the Metta Sutta and Senju is kind enough to put it into chat. So, how about if we do it like this? I will <clears throat> recite it in Pali, line by line. After the Pali, please join in on mute and recite each line in English. Avero. May I be free from enmity and danger. Avyapajo. May I be free from mental suffering. May I be free from 
physical suffering. Sukhiyatanam Pariyarami May I take care of myself happily. Sabe Sata beings be free from enmity and danger. May all beings be free from mental suffering. May all beings be free from physical suffering. May all beings take care of themselves happily. This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org slash donate. Thank you for listening.